Hi, everyone. Welcome back. So happy that you are joining us today on the LifeChangers.info podcast. Today, we have very special guest in the UK, Nari Kaur. Welcome, Nari. Hi, it's an absolute pleasure being here. And thank you very much for inviting me. I am so happy that you're joining us. I loved meeting you a couple of months ago and we totally hit it off. Nari is with Sky High Coaching, an empowerment and leadership coach, and she offers one-to-one coaching, workshops, and online courses, all on things personal development, empowerment, and leadership, which is fantastic. Welcome, Nari. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Will you tell us a little bit about kind of what led you to coaching and your work life and life prior that kind of inspired you to get to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been a, a journey, uh, if I say that. So my my uh, life prior to being a full-time coach was basically about 17 years in the corporate world, climbing the ladder, achieving all sorts of positions, getting to the boardroom and I guess uh, reaching burnout uh, mentally and physically and to a point where I was like, actually, it's not a purpose uh, led profession that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am successful. um, I'm achieving my ambitions, but uh, there's still something missing. And uh, what I actually did was uh, six years uh, prior to now, which is uh, in the lockdown, I actually launched my coaching business more on a mainstream sort of way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prior to that, I was doing part time coaching. Coaching. So I was working four days a week and on a, a, a Friday and a Saturday, I'd have like one-to-one clients um, and I was really growing and establishing myself like that. At the same time, I was doing a number of courses in um, life coaching, uh, master NLP, theta healing, lots of different mo- modalities like mindfulness, well-being. I w- I've always been a person who loves to learn uh, and a bit of a bookworm. So personal development for me is like a never-ending journey. So yeah, and and I just thought, you know what, there's something that I need to do that's more purpose driven, that are something that I feel more from my soul that's um, that, has, that to help me to be fulfilled. And I really found this niche within the coaching sort of modality. Um, and saying that when I was working in uh, different jobs, you know, I was uh, uh, predominantly working on projects, large scale aerospace and rail projects here in the UK. Wow. But um, I was working from with suppliers and customers from all over the world. So I had quite a lot of experience with, um, you know, building relationships um, and managing teams uh, across the globe. So I actually learned a lot from my um, professional career, my academic career as well. And I was always a high achiever. You know, I I, I, throughout my 20s, I did um, I graduated three times. So I did two degrees and uh, I did a master's as well. So I was very, very career driven and I was very, very like like a goal setter and a goal achiever almost. Um, And then I started to realize and separate the soft part of personal development and academic hardcore part of uh, personal development and the high achiever sort of mindset. So my journey before that really what, because right now, like you said uh, in the introduction, thank you for that, that I I do all things mindset empowerment, confidence building, personal development and leadership, predominantly for women. Um, That saying, I have coached lots, uh, a few, like a group of uh, male clients as well. So I don't close myself off to that, but my my niche is predominantly women because my background before that really, I was 
brought up in a um, dominant male environment and that's what I saw yeah Uh, and um, in order to kind of uh, show value for myself I I just um, ignored my kind of divine feminine and I was literally a tomboy so I was like um, I was kind of adopting more of the masculine traits like copying my brothers or copying my father and they're all high achievers so I thought that, that that's the way I need to go in order to also have value and, uh, you know, be a high achiever. And that's what yeah. I need to do. But what I noticed really was a lot of the times there was a lot of intelligence around me, but there was the um, the emotional intelligence was missing. The soft yeah. skills were missing. Yeah. And uh, that just got literally echoed in the corporate world. And I saw that a lot of people are ignoring their emotions. They're ignoring how they feel. And they're ignoring the soft side of them that that they need to develop in actually order in order to achieve and get to the next level. So it's really about helping people um, uh, fulfill um, the gap between what their current reality is and what their ultimate potential is. And I see women often holding themselves back in this way because like myself, um, you know, maybe when they're socialized and brought up, they're brought up to maybe be on the sidelines or let the male counterparts take the leading role and uh, speak up and represent the family or represent the the board you know in a corporate world so it's all encompassing and it's transferable in your personal life and in your um, professional life yes and you make such a good point because and i i know we're speaking in broad kind of gender stereotypes but i have found even when i was in the corporate world too that just like you said as women we feel a need to hold it back but it's a little bit we're more aware of those feelings and what's going on where i feel stereotypically men are more naive to it completely right and then as you said as you kind of grow in your you know career and job, and then you're managing people. I found, you know, personally that I was much more interested in wanting to help them with not necessarily their personal lives, but working out more personal dynamic issues, whether in the work world or personally versus, you know, solving maybe whatever the work project problem was, right? Like that was kind of one of my insights into maybe I'm more interested in the personal development, right? What's going on with the person, male or female. Um, Do you find that as well? Like when you were kind of, as you were, like you said, kind of climbing that corporate ladder and managing different groups that, you know, all of a sudden that personal development work comes in even more into play. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that so often. And I noticed people getting to kind of a limit within their own mindset. Yes, and, then, yes. and then being resentful of the fact that they can't get past a certain point. Yes. And that's what I realized. And especially for women, um, it's almost like a practice of unlearning that um, you, you're not maybe worthy, or you shouldn't take that next step, or you don't need to let the men take the leading role. And then relearning that actually, there's a lot of power in the divine feminine and for me learning personally and a lot of women I know who like they're categorized as alpha females you know the go-getters right. yes you know the high achievers that's where I come up on the Enneagram test for example that you can actually embrace your divine feminine and still be as powerful as any 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 man out there but also like you said it's not just females it applies to men as well because there's there's often things within men that they ignore or avoid because they've at the same time learnt their learnt behavior is avoidance behavior of things that are more soft 
or yes. emotional or personal so they often um they they feel like they are expected to do certain things and not expected to do certain things so we follow these roles um i mean obviously there's a lot more equality these days than there was like say 10 15 years ago but you can see these dynamics still exist today because we are still carrying certain ancestral programs in our dna yes. and um, our dynamics uh, whether that's in our personal lives or professional lives so um, in order for men to be be better sort of team players build better relationships and even understand women better and themselves it's about learning each other's traits and then working with them for sort of optimum performance and results for the greater good of everybody really yes absolutely and i'm curious what what are the typical stereotypes in the uk versus you know in the us you know, you can't work enough, right? It's like how many, there's not enough hours in the day and it's work, work, work. And taking that personal time has been really, can often be seen as a judgment or a negative versus, you know, refueling and then having that energy and capacity to go back and give a hundred percent again. And it's the same with kind of the mental health industry, which is why I think coaching is so wonderful. And so getting bigger and bigger and more popular, it's like a more acceptable kind of mental health um, working on oneself, working with a coach necessarily, you know, sometimes compared to a therapist. What is it like in the UK? What are those stereotypes there? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I can totally resonate with you because yeah. I have actually worked, I have actually worked in America with uh, some of my uh, previous suppliers and customers, and I I was absolutely shocked how hard people work and how few holidays they got. And right. I really felt bad for them because in the UK there I would say there's definitely more of a work-life balance okay. you know on average people yeah. get 30 days holiday a year which is six weeks wow. which, is, which is double what people get in America from yes. memory wow. and um you know don't get me wrong there's definitely this hard work ethic yes. but it's I would say it's not as, as much as I've observed, say, in America or, say, in some parts of Asia, like Singapore, in Japan, where people work all hours and then they, you know, go for dinner at, like, 10 o'clock at night and it's part of the culture if you're not working that hard. Whereas in the UK, you would see that um, people generally leave the office by about uh, 4.30, between 4.30 and 5.30. People have usually uh, an hour commute is considered acceptable. And uh, there's this there's been this real push in the last, I would say, five to 10 years years where people have been really pushing mentally for the work-life balance and, and avoiding burnout yeah. and it's more um, character dependent you'll always find those people who work literally sometimes for escapism so they're always at work absolutely right majority of people want to have the um you know they like to have the 8 30 to 4 30 9 till 5 um and uh you know i've been very fortunate in the companies i worked in which was aerospace and rail we used to work a half day on a friday which i used to absolutely love oh, and then when i started my own business i used to work four days and at friday i used to have a long weekend for the last six years i've had a long weekend every weekend and it just helps immensely yes, and i believe that yeah, I actually believe from my own experience, when you have the good, perfect work-life balance, you actually show up more resilient, more impactful, more confident, more motivated and wanting to achieve more because you're not tired and you're not drained and you're not like resentful of like the amount of hours that you have to do. So yeah. this 
work-life balance, I would say in the UK is a lot better than it is in some of the other countries, like you said, in the Americas and Asia. Uh, and that's what people want. So it's definitely going the right direction, especially after COVID, where yeah. we've developed a hybrid structure, um, which is well, working right. them predominantly and going in a couple of days, a, a week or a month even. <laughs> So yeah. it's really, you really have worked, you know, all over the world, you said, and with, you know, organizations all over the world. So do you work with clients all over as well? Are yeah, that, that? that experience definitely helped me to understand because there's huge cultural differences. People have different needs, you know, people, people uh, communicate differently, you know, and uh, I, I've been lucky enough to, because everything went online um, in, right. in COVID, I've had clients reach me, reach out to me from all over the world. I've got a couple of clients in 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 America as well, and uh, parts of Asia, um, you know, and other parts of the world. I have many clients in the UK, and um, yeah, and it really really helps you even to develop and become a better coach yes. because you're communicating with uh, different people, like I said, with different needs and, and cultural shifts as well culturally people have different things to bring to the table Absolutely. like certain problems people in somebody say in india may have they may not that problem might not even exist in the uk so i think being a coach anyway you have to be very open-minded and completely non-judgmental yeah. so um and and from that i've grown as a person as well so i've totally um you know anticipated it and um invited uh, a wide um, audience, a wide client base from all over the world. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I think that the work that you're doing is so important and needed. And do you, last question, do you generally work with, um, you know, generally you said women, but career women, or can it be, you know, do they have to have people been in the public or anyone? It's, well, the, my growth journey has led me to work with anyone because when I first started, I thought, okay, well, I'm a corporate girl. I need to work with corporate business women, corporate women in, in, in the corporate world or a businesswoman. That's not the case at all because what I realized is that uh, empowerment and leadership is for all women across the board. It doesn't matter what you do. If, you know, whether you're a housewife, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, it doesn't matter. So what I've actually got um, it, as part of my business offering of services is two kind of arms one is the empowerment side which is the personal uh, personal side and yes. in all uh, like personal development and empowerment the other side is the leadership side so if i just for example just go through it in very brief detail empowerment which applies to everyone would be things like um your confidence developing your confidence yes. Uh, setting boundaries, developing your resilience, um, looking at your mindset, uh, your comfort zone, managing anxiety and stress, um, and also things like mindfulness, well-being, um, and your divine feminine and masculine balance. That applies to every woman. Yes, those. absolutely. And then the trans and, and then the transfer onto the leadership side, which is probably for more for corporate and business women, would be things like dealing with imposter syndrome, communication skills, public speaking, interpersonal skills, 
emotional intelligence. So these are the things that then apply to the a leadership style. So if somebody comes to me and they are, for example, from the corporate world, they can take the full package because they need the empowerment and the leadership. Absolutely. Some women might say, we don't need the leadership. We just need the things on the, on the, on the empowerment. So what I've been able to do through my own growth, my own research is develop an all encompassing full on package, which applies to both. So I, I don't limit my clients and I don't limit myself. Right. Fantastic. It's really wonderful. I think the work is so important. I'm so happy that we found you and yeah. that everyone and all of these new clients and customers can find you on lifechangers.info. I'm so grateful that you have joined us today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a real pleasure and great talking to you today. You too. And I look forward to staying connected. Absolutely.